Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean. Thank you, Ben Mackay. Welcome to another episode. If this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Also on TikTok as well now at hashtag Kangaroos One. So today I'm back with Claire Cotty, who we haven't had on the show for a while. Um, apologies for the audio. She did have a couple of things on that uh, she had to take care of, so she was moving stuff around while she was talking. But uh, yeah, no, it's been a while since I had her on, so we talked a lot of things. Um, we talked about Ben McKay, obviously, Taryn Thomas, uh, the whole Clarkson saga, um, a number of things, uh, the preview against Essendon, her favourite memories, my favourite memories from uh, Essendon games as well in previous years. So let's not waste any time. Let's bring on Claire right now. Right, so I've got Claire Cozzy back tonight. Welcome back to the show, uh, Claire. It's been a long time. We have lots to go through, and you're short on time. Um, so now let's go to the latest developments. And AFL have magically finished their investigation of the First Nations allegations against Clarko, Fagan and Burt, and they've decided no charges will be laid against those individuals, basically through a lack of evidence. But this has been a clown show to the highest of orders. Oh, it's just been... I can't imagine what it would like be like to be a member of the people who who have been accused, and I also don't think it obviously wouldn't be good to be the victim in all this as well. And, and it's still unclear. It's still muddy. We're still very unsure. I, I don't. I think it's one of those situations where it's just a lose lose for everyone. Um, and I think. You know, at the start of this entire saga, I was pretty – I probably punched my foot down on the pedal of, um, you know, he's got to go um, because I was pretty adamant um, that the evidence that the ABC journalists had pulled together and the stories that had come forward um, meant that this would tie kind of Alistair Clarkson up in this sort of case for a while. Um I'll be honest and I'll be the first one to admit it. I think that I, again, I pressed the accelerator down too quickly on that one and I think there's a whole bunch of Twitter and people on social media that would agree with that. Um, The the jumping of the gun quite a bit on that sort of particular issue. Um, And I think the the one, I guess, shining light that I've really enjoyed, um, it's kind of like a soothing balm um, across the entire uh, issue has been Sonia Hood and the way that she has um, been able to navigate this entire um, issue with such integrity, with such calmness and support and understanding of all different parties. And I think that has been really helpful for the North fan base because I think if, I, if I'm putting my North hat on here, just purely and utterly Arden Street, I think it's been really hard for supporters because – we got this great white hope of Alistair Clarkson coming back home, ready to coach uh, a football club that was in quite a bit of disarray. So naturally we were very excited about this whole thing and then to find this saga had unfolded on grand final week, I think it was just natural for North supporters to feel feel quite defensive and feel quite attacked over this after something that happened at Hawthorne nonetheless. 
And, um, yeah, it doesn't seem to me, though, I don't know about you, Dean, but it seems like Twitter and social media, um, there's quite a few, uh, there were quite a few supporters that were just really adamant to be on the right side of this issue. Um, And I think that's the most important thing. I don't think there is a right side to be on. I don't know. What do you think, I guess? Yeah, no, I mean, the AFL have just wiped their hands clean of it and so you you guys deal with it. Um, Hawthorne want uh, a big big group hug now uh, yeah. with Clarkson and all the individuals that uh, that, that have been accused. Um, and, yeah, they, because, you know, they're in a bit of trouble now. Like, uh, I think yeah. Clarkson's going to push this. I don't think he's very happy with the way yeah. uh, Hawthorne have dealt with him. Um, and, yeah, I, look, I don't know what the – yeah, I don't know if those tra- charges are true. No one knows, really. So we've left with more – Questions and answers at the moment, which is yeah. just, uh, which is more of a shit show, and this could drag on if it goes to the federal court, which I don't think it will. This could drag on for another two years. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's yeah, it's been disappointing, and like you said, there's no winners here. So no, there's only, yeah, there's yeah. only uh, victims, and yeah, and you hope that uh, there can be resolution uh, sooner rather than later for everyone involved. So yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. I won't talk too much about that. Um, I mean, the media's doing that to death anyway. So, now, Claire, I haven't had you on since the AFLW finished. How have you seen the men's team so far this year? Obviously a disappointing middle patch after a promising start, but I think the last couple (laughs) of weeks have given us some hope, hasn't it? It absolutely has. I think the Sydney game, I was there. (laughs) It gave me um, the the feeling that I felt the hollowness of it all kind of reminded me of when Petrenko ran into the, uh, the goal square against Adelaide. (laughs) That hollow kind of feeling. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, but it was just that, how can, how is this happening? And, and, you know, they gave it their all. I was so proud of the display that they put on after such a mammoth week in the press. And I was really, um, yeah, happy with how they went about it and, and the effort behind it. Um, I was incredibly excited to see um, Georgie Wardlaw. I think that that midfield, I think the biggest thing that I, I, I've been excited by by North is, is the massive spread of talent that you can actually now start to see in that midfield. Um, it's been great to see someone like Will Phil put together um, successive amounts of time and minutes at centre stoppages and have, uh, you know, actual 10 games in a row that the man can play AFL football and you can tell the difference between, um, you know, him getting that confidence up. I think Tom Powell has slowly come along. I've really enjoyed Bailey Scott had a really great performance on the weekend. I was pretty adamant at the first maybe uh, five to seven games of the season that Bailey Scott and Paul Curtis had kind of somehow gone backwards in their development, but I think they've shot back up. Um, so I think the key thing that North supporters are getting out of the last couple of weeks against Collingwood and Sydney is that you can see that there's effort and you can see that there is the intent. And I think that's really important because we had that massive two wins at the start of the season, which were incredible. And then we just seemed to get smashed by Melbourne and there was just massive like lull in the season. And then the Alistair Clarkson kind of leaving and it just felt all very murky and kind of grey again. Um, so it's been really positive to see um, that green shoots it back and that Harry Sheasel, of course, is putting together a phenomenal season. Um, he's been wonderful to watch. 
I've also really enjoyed, I really um, have been impressed with Nick Larkey against the Pies. I think that he played a terrific game. Um, uh, yeah, I, I've just, uh, it's been fascinating to watch. I think Jack Zebel is in one of his career best, funnily enough, giving up the captaincy is one of his best seasons since he's played for the club. I think his on-field leadership has been wonderful. So it's been nice to watch North Melbourne, perhaps not in the wins column, but to see um, the small successes across the field. It's been nice to watch Jai Simpkin and Luke McDonald captain the club. Um, that's been a really fascinating way that they've both handled it. Um, I think Jai at times, you know, throwing the GPS out and doing silly stuff like that indicates like he's 25 years old. He's young. He's a young captain. Um, and he gets frustrated and, and I can't, you can't ever kind of have a go at Luke and Jai about their love for the club and their love for their jumper. I think that they truly, and that's why Jai signed on, you know, and for a five-year contract. So it's been really wonderful to watch North um, have the last sort of little green patch. I think we really hit a lull when we played Melbourne and Port Adelaide. That was quite um, devastating to watch. And now we're kind of on more of a positive trajectory. Although that being said, Dean, it could all come tumbling down this weekend because as we know with the youth side, it, it you can go take ten step with step uh, ten steps forward and then probably another twenty back. So um yeah, it's it's been enjoyable to watch them. I've I've been to watch their game for the past couple of weeks against the Pies and against Sydney. So it's been really um, positive to watch the growth that is happening at North. Um, but what about you? What have you enjoyed so far? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, obviously watching Harry Sheasel. Um, yeah. Is, yeah. Look, he's uh, been a general of our backline and probably close to our best and fairest. It's good to see. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's good to see Georgie Wardlaw as well. I mean, you always get excited by the new players. But uh, I've just been I've been just excited as you know some of the old uh, blokes as well um, reinventing themselves like Jack Zebel uh, has been mm. excellent. Um, Todd, Todd Goldstein has had a very good you know run of football for the past month, uh, considering he wasn't even in the round one team. So yeah, obviously got his opportunity through injury. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just, it's all about the little wins at the end of the day. We kind of have to go through that, unfortunately. Again, but um, yeah, look, I mean we're still getting we're st- there's still some positive. And Will Phillips' last couple of weeks has been you know has it, been like uh, a Ben Cunnington replacement. So yeah, no, it's um, it's, uh, it's good to see that uh, yeah things are starting <laughs> to look a lot brighter now. Um, one player that uh, there's been a lot of talk about uh, who's out of contract at the end of the year is Ben Mackay. He was called out by David King. Called, uh, called weak by Wayne Carey on his podcast, which I don't agree with. But where do you think his head would be right now? He's got a big contract uh, decision to come up at the end of the season, and it looks like it's affecting his play by, by the looks of it. Yeah, him and his brother are—they're having a bit of a rough trot <laughs> at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Like it's—it's it's interesting. Um, I don't. I don't. Ben is fascinating. I, I haven't got a read on him. He is a pretty. He plays as a quite a straight bat when you talk about media interviews and um, and that's from day dot, though. It's not like, you know, he's in his contract year and he's keeping himself quite um, cards close to his chest. He's just, I, I don't, you know, when you can like have, you know, there's players around the club that are quite tight and got good friendships and are happy to sort of, I, I, I can't get a read on him. I basically, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know where he sits. He could be the most invested man at Arden Street and bleed, you know, blue and white, but supporters wouldn't know. And it's just, 
Yeah, he's a. I don't know. He's got a podcast, and I know um, that's something that I think fans tap into. It's not something that I've listened to before, but yeah, he seems like he's out of confidence. I, I don't know whether it's because Griffin Logue has come there, and he maybe is. He's got a new role down back, or I, I don't know. Is he just not feeling comfortable with clicking with that backline group? I, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to read. It's hard to read, and I think. You know, if there's people approaching him in season, as we know that clubs do, is he is his head somewhere else and he's thinking about, you know, having to pack up his bags and buy a house in Fremantle or I don't know. Like, it's just, it's such a bizarre position to be in. I'm not, I'm, this sounds incredibly harsh, but he's not doing himself any favours. Like, every week he plays, he's probably, his contract loses 50k. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, I just, yeah, I, I do think the mental state of an athlete is a very unique headspace and I don't know what motivates him. I don't know whether, like, it's one of those questions is, will he move because the money is good or can he see that the club has a future and there's something there for him? Is he motivated by money? Is he motivated by a flag? Is he motivated by culture? I don't know. What do you think motivates Ben Mackay? Like, he's a very straight, well, very, you know, quiet person, I guess. What do you think? What's your read on him? Uh, I guess it's uh, week by week. Uh, athletes uh, have their own way of uh, motivating themselves to play AFL football. But, uh, yeah, motivation and effort um, go hand in hand. If the effort's there, then the motivation will come with it. Uh, it's like, you know, I don't want to go to the gym at 4 o'clock in the morning, but I still go. <laughs> and once I start, I'll you know, I, I keep going and the motivation's there. And it's just getting through those first five, ten minutes. And maybe that's got to be the thing with Ben Mackay. Maybe he's just got to get through the first, you know, he's got to take an intercept mark, get his uh, belief back and confidence. And, uh, but you don't know, you don't know uh, what goes on through anyone's head. Um, Yeah. I mean, you might've just had an off game. I don't know. Uh, He had a good game against St Kilda a couple of weeks ago. He had, uh, I think nine intercept marks. Uh, Sydney was okay. Uh, But um, He's just, I, thought he, I thought he did all right at Sydney. I thought, like, you know, Franklin is what Franklin does, and he normally – he I reckon he licks his lips when he sees North Melbourne fixture and he always kind of puts it on. I remember he kicked 13 goals against Grimer, Thompson, and um, Ferrito down in Hobart one year, and I think he really liked playing the Kangas, Lance Franklin. So I think I think he got one running goal to the goal square. I remember Franklin running in and kicking a goal. He kicked another where, he, you know, someone put it on his chest, you know, 45 out. It was just unstoppable. But I thought he'd been played a reasonable game against one of the, you know, prominent key forwards. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You're right, though. You, you never know what's going on in the mind of an athlete. You don't know how they get themselves up and... I guess playing a backline is quite a unique position because, you know, if you're in the midfield and you're getting quite a bit of bowl and, you know, getting a lot of touches, you, you know, you probably had a good game. Or if you're a forward and you're kicking goals and, again, you're having a game. But a defender is probably a lot harder to measure that type of success and maybe that's something that he, yeah, struggles with. Or, I mean, I, I personally would like him to say it north. I think... Um, you know, I don't want him to hold us over a barrel and request, you know, a large sum of the money. We know what happened with uh, – I love Ben Brown. He's probably one of my favourite top ten North players. But I don't think anyone's bigger than the club. And I think if when contracts come into play, you know, I wouldn't be paying overs just to keep him to stay. I think that's not the right way to go about creating a culture of equality and, and the right step forward for the club. So, I think my heart says that he will, but I don't think he'll go on a long contract. I think he'll do a two-year contract. 
and then yeah, but that's what I'm thinking now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, two or three years or something like that. So yeah, yeah. and like you said, he's probably lost uh, a few zeros as well in the last, you know, probably you know this year. So yeah. I don't, I haven't heard any team screaming out for him to be honest. He has been linked uh, to the Swans and Port Adelaide Power, but uh, even that's probably cooled off a bit. So they've probably got their reservations, and he'd want to improve his form. And if he has got, um, you know, a mental problem. Um, with what's going on in his head, then he's got to figure it out. Uh, at the end of the day, he's yeah. a professional athlete, so you got to work it out. Uh, like his brother, yeah, yeah so. and that's it. We know that you know in the past, you think it's someone like Mason Wood. Uh, yeah. When he moved off to St Kilda, I think that he did do quite a bit of work around his mental game, and I think he's reaping the rewards of that as well. So, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, at the core, I think of AFL is community and the idea of that. You know, we all enjoy sport. We watch like watching athletes, but yeah, I hope that he seeks the help or the guidance or the motivation that he needs because I think that he's got a lot of talent and um, it would be a shame to waste that talent, I guess. But, um, yeah, it's, it's funny how some uh, – it's kind of related to this week. It's funny how some players get in their head when, when it's contract year, whereas I feel one player who always knows that it's his contract year is someone like Jake Stringer. <laughs> like, yeah. he, that, that guy, he, he – does nothing for two and a half years and his contract bobs up and then he starts playing Brownlow worthy football. Like yeah. it's just, it's just insane. Uh, and he always does a number against North. It drives me nuts. But um, mm. yeah, contracts are interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. yeah well, it's, I mean, this is, uh, he's 25 now. So this is probably only chance of a big contract, you'd have to think, unless he signs a, signs a short-term deal, then he becomes an unrestricted free agent in, I think, in two years. But, um, yeah, this is the one where you probably want to think that uh, he wants to get, you know, four or five years at, uh, you know, seven, eight hundred thousand a year. But he's far, his form has been far from that. But he does have the potential to turn it around. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see how we go with that. Uh, we had the mid-season draft uh, period last night, Glenn. Uh, yeah. And we selected yeah. a Robert Hansen Jr. from Subiaco. No relation to Lockie Hansen. Uh, I don't know much <laughs> about him other than he feels a need for us, who is a speedy small forward, which are which we are crying out for, aren't we, Cliff? Yeah, we are. We are. I like little spicy little Phoenix and I, you know, my boy Jack. <laughs> I think yeah. I think it's very evident that we we're lacking that bit of pace and zip um, in that forward line. So. It's exciting. It's um. It's I think the rookie draft is always a really fun time, especially for the young men that put themselves up there. And one of my favorite things on social media is watching, you know, the phone calls of debutants or the phone calls of, of the draftee. It's and I think there was a some young man that got drafted to I don't know whether I think Essendon or Carlton. He was just working out in the gym and he gets a phone call saying, "Hey, you're actually a part of the new." AFL club. So I, I think the rookie draft is a wonderful system. I think it's it's so inspirational, I think, for maybe, you know, people that got missed in those gaps. Um, I'm excited to see what this handsome bloke can bring. Um, I'm not sure he'll be, you know, a walk-up start on Marvel. But, um, yeah, we are we are desperate for that zip and the creativeness of, of a small flashy forward. Um, so hopefully he can bring... Um, something to the table there. I know um, I'm hopeful that also that North will provide 
a really great culture and a really great place because I think it's it's hard for young people. I mean, I'm not even I'm not even referencing the Haunt Francis thing. I just I think in general it's hard for young people um, to move to a different state and and start up their life again. So I'm really hoping that there is a really strong uh, culture and and community around this young bloke when he comes to North and starts training and. And um, yeah, and he feels really accepted there. I think it's a it's a good place to be, Arden Street. So hopefully, he feels the uh, the love. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you. I think you'll get an opportunity because you know we don't have many options to be honest. With you. We tried Kevin Turner, Blake Drury, Jack Marnie, and mm-hmm. Phoenix Spicer. And do you know how many guys they've had between them this year? Well, Kane got not four in the VFL, but that doesn't really count. Does it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I reckon, what, between them, what, zero? Uh, one. Kane Turner's kicked one. And four oh, goals just okay. between them. So we kind of – we're desperate. so he's, he, he'll get an opportunity. Uh, he doesn't start this week. He'll start next week in the VFL team. Yeah. I think he'll probably try and, uh, train next week. So if he has a couple of good performances, I think they'll just be probably throwing him in, to be honest with you, because, yeah, we, we, we've, just got, yeah we've just got no one else at the moment. So what, On that note, what would you rate what, – so what's Cooper Harvey? What would you – like, is he a medium forward? Like, what, what does – like I've watched his highlights and everything. I wouldn't call him big, you know. He's the son of yeah. Boomer. I, I don't think he's, uh, you know, what if he comes in because he's putting together a nice portfolio. Where does he slot in as a small forward? Does he slot in as a medium sized forward? Like what? What do you? What do you think? Oh, I think he's more of a mid sized forward. He's very clever, very smart <laughs> footballer. Uh, yeah, right. But um, yeah, he's. Is probably look. There's too many players. Like we've got those Paul Curtises, Eddie Fords, yeah. Curtis Taylor. Um, he's just yeah. There's a plethora of options there. So yeah, he's probably like he's not. Uh, he's not yeah. You know, um, like a Robert Hanson. He's not overly quick like his old man was or anything like that. Yeah, very different right. player. Uh, yeah. He's very highly skilled and look. He probably get opportunity later in the year when we're just giving kids a game and you know resting senior players and so forth. So yeah, yeah but um, yeah, he's had a couple of big games. But he's also had a couple of games where he's had you know four or five touches and he's barely been sighted as well. But that's the yeah. role of a half forward in the full pocket. Well, you know, not- yeah, that's it. And you're right, we do have. I'm very excited that Eddie Ford um, is back in the team. I think he's put yeah. together a really good um, base, um, and I really enjoyed watching him against Collingwood. Um, I thought, yeah, he just he just adds something, and I think. Oh, I love Cameron Zerhar as well. So it's it's sort of those types of players. We've we've got heaps of them, but yeah, what we what we've been screaming out for is that zippy um, little forward that can run and create something out of nothing. Which um, you know, what? I, every day I miss Lindsay Thomas. Every day of my life, I miss that man. Yeah. Um, I just think that he was yeah he was the kind of the ultimate small forward in my mind. Um, but, yeah, no, it's exciting for the club and I hope that, yeah, he feels accepted and, and he has a nice welcome and starts to produce some really great stuff in the um, in the VFL system. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, I think with those uh, types of forwards because uh, it's about the pressure as well you put on a defence because they're becoming uh, – it's becoming a commodity in the AFL that you've got to get those pressuring – defensive pressure forwards are happening and he's quite quick. So hopefully he will uh, get his opportunity sooner rather than later. 
We'll move forward, Claire. We've got Essendon this week, our biggest rivals. Uh, do you think we're a chance? They're playing some good footy under old co- our old coach and have to consider themselves a chance for finals now uh, with the draw they've got. So a lot on the line for both teams, isn't it? Yeah, there is. It's, um, it's, it's fascinating. It's funny. I, I saw the um, ins and outs and I saw Tip and Woody wasn't um, in. And personally, I love the bloke. I think he's fantastic for the game. I really enjoy him. But... Not against North. I don't like what he plays against North because he's so good. So um, I was happy to see that Anthony uh, was out this week because I think that he's quite a clutch player for them and he always seems to have really decent games against us. Um, look, it is like we spoke off air. It's it's the one game of the year that North supporters pencil in. That's the one that they want to win. Um, and, yeah, it hasn't changed. I think we spoke about 2016 was the last time we had a win against the old enemy, and that was the supplement side. So when we say a win, it was probably not as uh, prolific as we'd like it to be. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, it's quite a huge game. Um, I remember Dev Smith, the ex-GWS player who came over to Essendon, um, kind of tried to downgrade the match. I know that Essendon supporters like to... You know, obviously saying that Carlton and Collingwood are some of their biggest rivals in poor form, but I think it's still a match that they want to win against us. I think, you know, we're kind of like this younger, little annoying brother that they try to shake off all the time. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's been up and down. I really, I watched them a little bit of their game against West Coast, and I, I know this sounds bad, and I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to West Coast and Adam Simpson, but... And you can't get a reading of a team against West Coast. Like, you look at Carlton, they've smashed West Coast and they've had probably the worst patch of football they've had in such a long time. So, you know, it's it's strange. I think, yes, they're a, de- they're a decent list. I think they've, they've filled gaps in where they had, obviously, Peter Wright's injured, but Wiedemann's been playing well. Um, I think they've done Kyle Langford, who's the you know the ultimate swingman, can kind of do a whole bunch of other things. I think Jake Stringer always bobs up and kicks three or four against us, which is very frustrating. But um, yeah, I think with the recent form of North Melbourne, I think it'll be a bit tighter than what it previously has been in terms of our games against Essendon. I think normally they run away and win by five plus goals, um, whereas I think I hope that it's a lot closer. Um, it, we just need huge performances from our forward line. You know, in order for North to win, you're looking at Larky kicking four plus. You're looking at Zerha kicking two or three. Um, you know, I think Essendon can score quite well. And so I think it'll be a bit of a shootout sort of situation. Um, but I, I do have hope. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to go. I'm going the game with a whole bunch of Essendon supporters. It's about six. Six v one, so it'll be a long day of drinking if uh, it's not a close game. But I think <laughs> I think we've got you know that that spread of the midfields. I think with the ins, the inside mids, and the outside mids, it spreads really well now. Um, I think Rats is a fantastic interim coach. I'm really happy with the fact that he is at the helm. I think he's got really good relationship building skills. I think he's got the runs on the scoreboard when it comes to obviously coaching and understanding the game. Um, and so I, I think we're in a good position to win. Um, but then also, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if we lost. <laughs> oh, no. But, um, yeah, how do you feel about the game? Uh, 
Not too confident, to be honest with you. They seem to match up really well against us. They seem to uh, get us on the outside a lot, yeah. uh, especially at uh, Marvel. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, they're susceptible to the odd game where they just don't show up, Essendon, too. They've done it um, over probably the last six, seven years where they just, yeah, they, they'll lose a game where they shouldn't lose, really. They go in heavy favourites and they just don't show up and end up losing by six or seven goals. So I'm certainly hoping that that can happen. But uh, like you said, we'll probably need goals from uh, Nick Larkey. Um, we really need that uh, midfield to you know keep uh, doing what they've been doing uh, last last couple of weeks. I think they've been uh, really good. Uh, Wardlaw, Sheasel, uh, Will Phillips uh, in last week. Uh, Hugh Greenwood has really yeah. um, helped us in that area. So we'll, um, we'll see how we go. Now, uh, what are some of your favourite memories from Essendon games or any particular moment stand out for you? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say because oh, it stands it's, out for me. It's, the, it's, it's in the Arden Street more that you have to say the 2014 um, final at the MCG. That's, I mean, because I I was only eight or nine years old for the 99 premiership, so a lot goes over your head when that you're, you're that age. You can't really soak in a grand final the same way that you can when I guess you're 28. Or, um, so for me, the 2014 final against Essendon this MCG is the single greatest game I've seen live. Um, and it's it's still during the pandemic when I was having a you know pit day or whatever, I'd, I'd go to that highlight and I'd just watch. Um, I didn't watch the first half, I didn't want to put myself through that, but um, yeah, I'd watch the highlights of Frank the Tanks, I'd watch Benny Brown, the famous Sam Wright do that intercept, um, in the middle of the MCG. It was just iconic. I remember. You know, Drew Petrie, I think he did an interview after the game. He spoke about that Frank the Tank celebration. He's like, you know, Paddy Ryder, who was my direct opponent, had scored a wonderful goal and I knew I had to get him back. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's that team as well. You know, Daniel Wells, Lindsay Thomas, Ben Brown. I remember Gibbo, Sam Gibson, was just running the wing and I reckon he wrapped up like 18 kilometres that last that night because I think... He was the only man standing left in the last quarter, just still running his bum off. So, um, yeah, it's it's the greatest it's the greatest game of football I've ever seen live. Personally, as a North supporter, just because of how much weight and how much, um, I guess, I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't it also? I know Essendon haven't won a final since 2004. But it, because of the fact that that's the running joke of Essendon, it almost intensifies the win, you know, that, like, they haven't been in a final. Well, they played against Western Bulldogs a couple of years ago, but I think the last final that they really had a crack at it was against us in 2014, and they just couldn't get it done. So the curse kind of just lives on, which is um, amazing. But, um, yeah, that's the one that I can think of recently. On the other flip side of that, I was at Marvel or Eddie had when, Tipper Woody kicked that incredible goal from nowhere in the pocket um, against Jamie Elliott. That was pretty heartbreaking. I'm not going to lie, um, but yeah, it, it's it's quite a big game. I think, um, especially with social media and how North and Essendon fans often clash with each other. Even as recent history, I know Brad Scott being their coach, but. Something as recent as Alex and there was all the links and rumours yeah. to suggest that he might have gone and taken the job at Essendon, which I think put the wind up a lot of North supporters and made us very nervous. Um, so I think I think it does mean a lot. Um, I would be really happy to 
George Wardlaw, Harry Sheasel, um, Tom Powell, Harry Scott, all these kind of young kids um, really step up and understand the, I guess, the tradition of the rivalry. But then I'm also keen to see um, someone like Liam Shields, who I think holds really good shape. I think he's really outstanding on that wing. I think he provides a lot of leadership and a lot of direction out there. So I'd be keen to have him back in for the game. And I think you're right, what you said before, they always seem to get us on the outside. Dylan Shield, Darcy Parrish, Zach Merritt, they seem to rock up, rack up like 40 disposals against us because they're so good at just getting the ball out and using the width of the stadium to kind of smash us. So I'd, I'd like to make it more of a, excuse my French, more of a shit fest where you know, there's a lot more contested ball and you've got the Hugh Greenwoods going in for it. You've got... Um, yeah, the Will Phillips crash and bash and packs and really trying to make it as hard as possible for them to spread wide at the stoppages. And because um, it's a fast track marvel. So I think if you can be on the right side of a fast track, they can put you to the sword, Essendon. But I'm hoping um, that won't be the case. What about you? What are some of your favourite, without giving away your age, I think you've got some some more memories about um, Essendon, I guess, that you might want to share. Yeah, well, I'm 44, so I've, I've, I was, uh, I think I was 20, 20 years old when uh, we won in 99 and oh. 17, I believe, when we won oh. uh, the 96. So I was in the prime of life. Um, but uh, it, all, it all fell apart after that, to be honest with you. But, no, nah, look, I, I think the most, yeah, obviously um, the 2004 is a big highlight, uh, but... It's more of the ones that, uh, you know, they missed out on a grand final playing against us in 96 and 99. It was probably just yeah. as rewarding for me. They lost to Sydney by a point. Yes. Tony Walker took the point after the siren. Yeah. And 99, they were very red flag. And yeah. they still talk about it to today. They would have won a premiership if they got through in a grand final. But um, it doesn't matter anyway. So it's all... No, it doesn't count yeah. if you can't make it. Yeah, it's so... Kind of, it's kind of a modern equivalent of... Um, you know, Collingwood supporters saying that they should have played Geelong in the grand final. Um, do you know, like last year, I hear I still see Collingwood supporters making a racket around this idea that they would have been a better opponent. And to be fair, you know, Sydney were pretty horrendous against uh, Geelong in the grand final. But you know what? Didn't happen, mate. You've got to get there first. So you can't yeah. win the prelim against uh, Carlton, then I guess you don't deserve to be there. But um. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fascinating cap. So I, I, there's been a couple, it's funny, I don't really, um, I don't really dislike AFL players. You know, some people, like I was at the footy the other week and there's this one guy that was sitting next to me that just hated Tom Packley. And I was like, oh, I don't really mind Tom Packley. I'm, I'm neither here nor there. Like, I really don't care about him as a human being. Like, I think he's an exciting footballer. I think he does some things that are really well. But there are two players that I can think of that I just really don't like. And one was Dev Smith, who played for uh, Essendon. And what I mean by, like, don't like is I just, I think, no, you just, there's something that pissed me off when you play football. And the other is Jake Springer. I just think they're grubs. I don't know why. I just, you know, and I'm sure they're probably lovely men in their personal lives. I'm sure they've, you know, a decent human being, but for some reason, I just can't stand Dev Smith and Jake Springer. And I just, I don't know, it's, it's always Essendon. Like, I just have always been like, oh. like, and I like some of their new players. Like, I don't mind Archie Perkins and Draper and, um, mm. you know, Alvin Davies. They're great. I just, I 
can't stand Gersley and um, what's his name? Uh, Jake Stringer. Do you have any players? I know this is a little off topic. Do you have any players that you're like, oh, I just can't stand them? Uh, I didn't. Want, I never used to like Carl Hooker. Um, he was oh, probably yes. when he started um, rubbing in the face of uh, a young player, Daniel Nielsen, uh, against yes. us, shooting goals and uh, showboating you know, against a young kid. You know, um, yeah, pumping his chest out like he was the greatest forward that ever played the game. So yeah, he was one player that uh, you know. I'm glad his career sort of derailed and yeah. never really got going. Um, yeah, his greatest highlight was. Uh, Trying to chase down Buddy Franklin. I was just about to say that. I was like, yeah, trying to look up. How do I know him again? Oh, yeah, that was the guy that absolutely got burned by Buddy. So that's his, I guess, a bit of karma. Yeah, I do remember that, actually. He was – I don't, I, I don't like the head hustling at all. I don't like it when anyone does it. I just think that that's – it's a bad look for the game. It doesn't make any sense. It's just – it's up there. For me, it's up there with actually, like, diving. You know how Cody Waitman the other week got – um, that free kick, quite an incredibly soft free kick, some would argue, for diving. I would mm. say tussling and going up to a player after a goal and, you know, grabbing their hair or doing something where the victory was like that. You're just like, mate, go play football. Do you let your football do the talking? There's no need. There's absolutely no need. So, yeah, I know exactly what you're referencing when you speak about Kyle Booker. I just, I'm just saying I don't have any, there's no love lost for him as a, as a person. I don't also like, I respect what he's done for the game. Definitely. Uh, we'll go to team changes. So we've got uh, five come in. Uh, Aiden Core, Curtis Taylor, Darcy Tucker, Liam Shields, Taryn Thomas has come back after his uh, lengthy absence from the club. Uh, it looks like he's going to get named too by the sounds of it, uh, by media report, but you can't always okay. believe the media. Uh, our team go Charlie Lazara omitted and Paul Curtis once again omitted. You happy with these, those changes? Um... Yeah, I feel for Lazaro. I watched him on the weekend and I just it, it seems it seems like to me, this is hard to say, but it seems like he's gonna be a really good VFL footballer. Like he can't seem to and it, it, it's it, that's hard because he only gets small stints in the ones and then it's you know, I, I don't I don't envy him and his position at the club. Um yeah, I think there are a couple of decisions that didn't go his way. I, I, you know, I know that he did jump on the ball. I don't know. I, I do feel for Charlie Bizarro. Paul Curtis, I think that kick forward that he was able to nail on the turnover, I think he does some right things, but giving him a rest in the two isn't a worse decision. I'm thinking who comes in then? Do you think that Taron Thomas is directly in? 
Well, Liam Shields has been named on the wing, so he's going to start in 18. Yeah, uh, and I'll go through the interchange bench. Curtis Taylor, Aidan Core, Daniel Howe, Taryn Thomas, Aaron Hall, Will Phillips. He won't get dropped. Uh, Tom Powell and Phoenix Spicer. So, yeah, I mean, Will Phillips, you'd have to think, is a certainty. Yeah. I think Taryn Thomas will play. Uh, Tom Powell and maybe, yeah, it's a toss. And maybe Aaron Hall as well, just a bit of a rebound um, from the back line. So, yeah, that's probably what I'm thinking, but uh, I could be wrong with that. So, we kind of, and we kind of need Taron Thomas back, don't we, in that team? Well, yes. In terms of off the half back or off the oh, this is the thing. Like, I, I, does he play? I haven't. I've looked at his disposals and I've looked at um, sort of highlights of the VFL. But has he been playing? Where has he been predominantly playing in the VFL? Has he been playing in the guts? Has he playing off that wing? What, what has he been doing? Uh, midfield, main, mainly midfield to half okay. forward, so rotating okay. through. Them. So right. I think so that that's makes, what we can do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that makes oh. sense that he takes Paul Curtis's um, kind of slot there. I, I, yeah, that's an incredibly complex. The trials and tribulations of Taron Thomas is such a, and this is stemmed back before even the um, issue of his treatment towards women. I'm talking about. Um, you know, him and his friendship again with Jason Horn Francis and that falling out. They're just, it's, it's hard. I believe in a redemption arc. I think at the core of humanity, um, you know, it's important to give people a second shot and a real second shot and the ability to change. I think that's really important. Um, yeah, I think it's unique how many chances and redemption arcs that AFL football would get, particularly uh, athletes when they are able to kick or do something or perform athletically well. They seem to get a few more second chances than the average human being, I'd say. Um, I want Taron Thomas to be successful in his um, in his football. I, I don't know whether or not I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about the Taron Thomas thing. I, I just, I, I hope, I think he's put together, in terms of his VFL and his commitment to that program, I think his football, the football side of Taron Thomas, I think he deserves a shot at the ones. It's clear that he is um, an AFL footballer and he can bring a lot to the team. I just don't know whether culturally, I don't know, how do you feel, Dean? How, how does this sit with you, I guess? Uh, it doesn't sit great with me, but, yeah. I, I mean, you just got to back the club with the process they've gone through. I mean, we've got a female president. We've got a female CEO. They yeah. seem content with it all. Uh, I haven't said otherwise. So I'll go with that, to be honest with you. Um, I, I've sort of talked about it to death, so I'm just going to focus on his football at yeah. the moment. And it, he's, you know, he's a player that we desperately need. He's an outside player that's got a lot of yeah. class. Um, he, he might be, you know, he, he might be a player that um, gets on the end of a couple of forward and square uh, balls in the forward 50, which we haven't had all year, really. So, uh, yeah, and he'll rotate through the midfield on a fast track against Essendon, and a fast team. He's, he, yeah, he, he might be uh, very handy. So, yeah, well, um, I think he'll get named, to be honest with you. So, yeah, but uh, the rest, I don't think Aiden Core will get named. Curtis Taylor, I think, will get named. Uh, Daniel Howe might get dropped, and uh, Phoenix Spicer might get dropped. Might be yeah. the top word player. I, so. I was going to say, yeah, I, I do think Phoenix Spicer will be the one, um, uh, which makes sense. Yeah, like, it you know, does. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll probably think you'll get booed, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's, you know, he's the one that uh, made those decisions. I mean, they're allegations at the end of the day, but um, yeah. I think there's some truth to him as well. He hasn't yeah. really been apologetic, so that's probably not going to do him any favours either. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's going to have to work it out. Uh, he's got to realise that every week he's probably going to get booed and, you know, uh, he's got to be, you know, He's got to he's got to show a big character to uh, yeah. really cool, to be honest yeah. with you. That's, that's part of being an AFL footballer, and at the end of the day, he's on I think he's on six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars a year. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Look, I'm not gonna lie, that's that age old question, isn't it, about whether or not I'm I'm not a fan of doing. I don't care whether you know whether you're Wayne Carey, and we all know the respect acts that he did, or whether you're Lance Franklin, or whether you're you know. Um, out goods. I, I don't think that there's a place for building in the game, but then also at the same time, um, it is, it is a, a sport that people feel very passionate about. They do feel very invested in it, and there is a bit of, I guess, social justice that we now know is kind of attached to, to what sport is now. So, yeah, you're right. He is a big boy. He, his actions on the football field have to be the things that, that do the talking for him. And I think deep down you're right. I, I do trust the process of what the club has put in place for him. I really like um, Todd Viney. I think um, he's wonderful. I also think Sonia and I think Ratton at the helm as well, whilst Alistair Clark's in the way, are fantastic people to guide her back. Um, so, yeah, it's just about trusting the club knows what's best and, and they know um, how to produce, you know, the best for Tara and Thomas and what's best for North Melbourne Football Club. So, um, yeah, oh, that's my job. And that's also actually my marketplace person to come pick up a, uh, a good that I will be selling tonight just for the podcast listeners. Um, <laughs> but it's been wonderful to talk to you today. I really, truly hope, like I said, it's, it's the one win that North supporters really hope to, to kind of grab for the year. So I'm really hoping that we're celebrating come, what, 7.30 on the graveyard shift that is uh, 4.40 um, at Marvel on Sunday and hopefully uh, we can get around the boys and, and celebrate a really fantastic win for the club. Sounds good, Claire. Well, thanks very much for coming on. And, All yeah, right. good luck with the delivery. And uh, I'm sure I'll chat to you soon. We've so thank you very much to Claire for coming on the show once again. 
I only had one more question for her at the end, and that was a final prediction. Um, I think it'll be probably an Essendon four-goal win if I'm going to go my prediction. I'm not too sure what hers was because she had to leave. She had uh, delivery to take care of. But uh, thank you very much to Claire. Uh, apologies for Marnie Cohen as well. She's uh, feeling a little bit under the weather. So, Marnie, if you're listening, hope you feel better soon. Um, Get plenty of rest, uh, take some vitamin C. I'm, I'm sort of coming down with something today too. I think it's a cold virus or something like that. My nose is blocked, uh, getting a bit of a sore throat and, and a few little chills, but uh, we battle on, don't we? So once again, thanks to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, comments you all put out on the, uh, for the show. It's much appreciated. I couldn't do this podcast without your support. If you can leave a rating and review on your, on your favourite podcast platform you use as well, that would be awesome. I'll be back probably on Tuesday evening with the boys once again. I probably won't do a Monday hangover show um, this week uh, because I kind of have to get up really, really early to do that. And it's probably not worth it because the game finishes late and a lot of you people come up with your comments you know, like uh, probably the following day. So if I'm going to do one, it might be Tuesday morning hangover. So I'll probably skip it this week just to let you lovely listeners know. Hope you don't mind that. Uh, in saying that, today I will leave a shout-out to Claire at Claire Cozzy on Twitter. So until Tuesday, bye for now and go Roos.